All right, so today we're talking about a purpose-driven life. And uh, we want to ask the question, we're going to use a bit of an Americanism here, or maybe you've heard this before, but what on earth are you here for? And this uh, is a message that we began at the beginning of the year with a podcast. And so it's a message that I, you know, the title and even that question is not a question that is originates with me, really. Um, the author of the book, Purpose Driven Life, his name is Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren, Saddleback Church in California, incredible church. And his book has sold about 35 million copies around the world. And so even though we are not going to actually get in, I'm not using his, uh, I'm using his title and his question, but I'm not using the, the message in the book. I encourage you to get that book at some point if you have an opportunity. But also throughout this month, starting tomorrow, and I'll show you in a minute, uh, we are, um, many of us use the Bible app on our phones and if you do, if you look up that question, what on earth am I here for by Rick Warren, you can, um, in fact, actually very important is to go to what's next with Rafi after, afterwards and, and actually connect with our WhatsApp group. And we'll post a link to that so you can click on that link and you can do a 23 day Bible reading plan with us with devotions, which Rick Warren, the pastor that, that this title comes from, um, he wrote that. And so we'll be doing that with him. And the reason I wanted to say that is because it's so well known. I wanted to make sure people knew that I did not create this title. Someone else came up with that title. But um, the question, what on earth are we here for, is something that myself personally, when I discovered this, it changed everything about um, uh, my confidence in life, um, my, my uh, decisions that I make, it affected every area of my life. So um, my passion is, as a pastor, as you know, we started uh, Go Church, as Matt said, nearly 27 years ago now in Manchester. And there's a church in Bradford and Liverpool. And then this church started in April last year. So um, everywhere I go, We've lived in three different continents and we've started Bible colleges and we've talked to and ministered to now more than six million people over these last 30 years of ministry. But my passion is this. I want every person to know why God created them, because when you discover why God created you, it is the most powerful thing. I remember and I've shared this story before, but there's a number of new people here and it bears repetition anyway. Um. I remember when I uh, first moved to Liverpool, England, my wife and I uh, had just had our our son, John Jonathan, who's now 26, <laughs> married, and uh, he um, and and we we actually were just moving house. Um, we were moving from Liverpool to Manchester to pioneer the church, and I had this vision in my heart for the church, and I was excited. And, and good things were happening, but we were young and we didn't have any money. And we lived in a small little tiny place in, in Liverpool there. But, um, uh, you know, in England, if, if you've ever been there in the in the summertime, the sun, it, it seems like it comes up at like three thirty four a.m. I mean, it's like 
just bright, sunny mornings at 4 a.m. And then it seems like it stays light when it is light, when it is shining, stays light until, you know, 10, 30, 11 p.m. at night. Long, long days. Well, um, I was I was so excited and I'm not a person that likes to run or do that kind of exercise. Never have. But um, I was sleeping like almost like three, four hours a night. Most nights I would uh, wake up at, before it was sunny and I would go to bed after way after it got dark and I would sleep three hours a night and I would try to sleep. I'd lay in bed. I would pray. I'd read my Bible. I'd try not to wake up my wife and I just could not go back to sleep. So after a couple hours of laying there trying to go back to sleep, I'd get up and do something that I do not like to do. And that is go out for a run. And uh, uh, so I do that. And then I, I, you know, I did that and I did that for a period of time. And I noticed around the same period of time that I started having my heart was beating, seemed like very quickly, like all the time. And it concerned me. And I didn't I did not tell my wife for uh, quite a while. Eventually, I thought I probably should tell her when I did. She said, you need to go to the doctor and get checked. So I went to the doctor. He ran tests. He went out of the room. He came back later and he kind of shook his head and he said, I don't know what to do about this. Now, that's not something you want your doctor to say to you. It's kind of like, I have no idea what to think about your physical situation. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Oh, no. But actually, he said, I've never seen this. And he, I can't remember how long he said he'd been a doctor, but it had been for, uh, I think, a couple decades. He said, I've never seen this. But he says, you have the symptoms of uh, like a constant adrenaline rush. He said this then. He said, you're too happy. <laughs> I said, well, what, what, I get a pill for that or something? I mean, what do you do? I'm too happy. He says, he says you have the symptoms of someone that has, has an, an experience, an adrenaline rush from an extreme uh, event of joy, but it's like it's continual for you. He says, have you had anything like, you know, anything uh, exciting happen in your life? And I said, actually, yes. And this is my response to him. I said, the other day, I realized I was starting to do the thing that God created me for. It came, it came, I was, I was just, I was in a, in a situation where I was praying, I was studying, I was doing different things. And, what, and after a period of doing that, I just sat down and I was like, it was like a revelation, a spiritual revelation and knowing in my heart that I was stepping into the first or the beginnings of the thing that I was born for and the joy that exploded in my heart and obviously affected my physical body was so prevalent. It, it made it so I like barely could sleep. I mean, it empowered me. It enabled me. I was running and I don't like running. I mean, I was doing all kinds of things like that. I had all kinds of energy. And uh, he says, no, there's nothing I'm going to give you for it. And he said, just go running or something. And I'm like, I'm already doing that. But uh, um, <clears throat> there have been times throughout my life, you know, life is hard. You, you, you live in this life and there's resistance and there's circumstances that can be challenging. But I have gone through all of those things 
And internally, there is such a joy in my life that empowers me and enables me through those those difficult times. And I've had difficult times. I mentioned England. When I lived in England, we lived in Manchester. It was at the time known as like the car crime capital of the world. And I had three or four cars stolen within just a short space of time. Had one car stolen twice. Once And then three months later, after I got it back and had it fixed and repaired, on the very day I got it repaired, it was stolen the second time. And they also took my wife's car. (laughs) And I had all kinds, I could just rattle off all kinds of challenges. One time we had to be evicted from our house in 24 hours. Had a, my son Jonathan, who was two, my daughter was just born. She was five weeks old. And because our landlord, unbeknownst to us, had been put in jail, he had stopped paying his mortgage. And so we got evicted. And when I tried to fight it, they said, we can't do anything about it. You have to leave. And our our church office was in the house. We lived in the house and we had no idea where we were going to move to. And we had no money at the time. So my wife says, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know, but let's rent a big, the biggest moving truck we can and let's back it up to the house and let's um, put all our stuff in the office and everything in it. And by 24 hours, we'll know what to do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that life has just been easy, but in the midst of all of those challenges and circumstances, I've had this empowering joy through that all of those times. And I want everybody to have that. And I've discovered the source of it. The source is finding that you are what you were created by God to do. There is a creative purpose for you. Now, listen to this, uh, uh, this, you know, purpose driven life. You're driven by something in your life. You're either driven by circumstances or you're driven by what other people think about you. You're driven by uh, uh, relationships sometimes. You're driven by um, ambition. There's something that moves you, something that's driving you. And uh, and you you can go through your life allowing the natural human side of things to be the thing that leads you or guides you. And by the way, the Bible talks about that the devil is the God of this world. And when the Bible says that, it's a small g, God of this world, meaning that the devil has influence in these in the circumstances of this world. So if we allow the circumstances of life to move or direct us, then it could be we're allowing the enemy to actually have influence in the direction of our life. That's not a good thing. So... Um, we you we can uh, in fact I'll just show this because this kind of shows the picture of it. So there's something called climbing the ladder of success. That was what I mentioned when I said there's an Americanism climbing climbing the ladder of success. And uh, um, look at this. It says he gets all the way to the top of this ladder of success, and then he comes to the realization. That, oh no, I've put it against the wrong wall. And as we get, as we get into this in the way, for those of you that are new to the church, the way Go Church works is we have this message, this theme 
where we talk about some of it on this Sunday, but we dig into it. We have podcasts and we have our grow groups and we dig into it all month long. So I'm just giving you a little taste of it, kind of a summary. But my passion and my heart behind the message is I don't want anyone in this room to work hard in life and climb the ladder of success. And maybe from the outwardly, you look like you're doing what you're supposed to do. But you get to the top of that ladder and everybody thinks, wow, look at them. And you then realize I put it against the wrong wall. So we want to make sure we go to the creator and we find out first what it is that he wants us to do. What were we created to do? And that's where the true joy is. So we're contrasting human wisdom. And there is wisdom that is helpful in human wisdom. Some people talk about things like time management. I, I actually don't think time management is really a thing. That's kind of more of a fallacy because you can't manage time. Everybody has 24 hours. You can manage yourself within that time. And you can change how you spend that time. But you can't manage time. You've got the time that everybody else has. So there's time management. Then I call, like when I teach on this in the Bible schools and things, I talk about personal management, managing your person Within the time you have, there's wisdom in those things, but we're going to another level and we're talking about purpose management. And we see that your purpose actually, now listen to this. This is pretty mind blowing. Your purpose actually was created before time existed. And when you really understand that, you realize, wait a second, time management is, is, is really not what we're talking about at all. What we're talking about, and you can get to the ladder of success, you can climb to the top of a ladder of success through personal management in human wisdom, but we're talking about making sure you put the ladder against the right wall, and there is a wall God called you to climb or steps he told you to take. The Bible uses this phraseology. It says, God has ordered the steps of a righteous man and woman. And I think of that, you know, like paving stones, that the stones have been laid out in front of you. And when did that happen? It happened in eternity before the time even existed. So if we allowed the circumstances of life, if we allowed time to in any way um, direct our lives, then we're really, We're working from a place of a low-level place, a low-level place. Someone just has a phone call there. They're okay. Okay, so we don't want to function from a low-level place. We want to function from the created place, right? We and, And the purpose of God for you started before time began. As we see, and this is our theme scripture here, And in fact, I'll show you in just a minute. This is one part of a passage of 10 verses that I want you in your own time to dig into. And that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. But we're for today just going to look at this one verse. And uh, by the way, um, why don't we just, with that introduction that I've just given, why don't we just pray and open our hearts to this message? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher, our guide, our helper. And we thank you that he is helping us to open up the word of God to our hearts today. 
Our, we say our eyes see what you need us to see. We say our ears hear what the Holy Spirit needs us to hear so that we can walk in your ways, your plans, your purpose. So we will not be driven by anything in this natural world, but will be driven from your creative purpose for our lives. And all who agreed with that said, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so here in, in this passage, we declare God's wisdom. God's wisdom is not always evident. It's not always easy to see. Sometimes it has to be unpacked or opened up because it says God's wisdom, a mystery. That's why we come to church. That's why we dig into the word of God. That's why we study to show ourselves approved. A workman who needs not be ashamed is sometimes these things don't seem obvious or logical and they can be mysterious. But God's wisdom is available for us to be opened up. That mystery that has been hidden and that God destined. You have a destined purpose. God destined for our glory. You have a destined purpose and it is to bring you to a place of goodness Glory, the word glory means heavy or weighty with everything good. That's what the word glory means in the Greek, the original language. Heavy or weighty with everything good. It means being loaded down with too many good things in life. And so he's destined something for your glory. And then he says, before time begins. And when you look into this whole passage, you'll see. It's quite phenomenal. Uh, We won't take time to go through the whole thing. But I want you to notice the first verse there. And it says, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters. And I wanted just to draw attention to this passage is written to whom? Yes, very good. Us, brothers and sisters, believers, Christians, people just like you and me. And this whole passage was written in a way where it speaks to you. And as you go in your own time and read verses 1 through 10, and I encourage you all month long, keep coming back to it. Ask God to show you. I want you to notice that there's some words. There's uh, human wisdom and there's godly wisdom. And one of the things he notes here in verse, let's see here in verse uh, 6, it says, however, uh, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. He says, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So what does that mean? It means that natural human wisdom comes to nothing in the end. And that's like that ladder that I showed you going, you know, through natural human wisdom, going um, to the, the, the up the ladder of success only to find you actually, oh no, I've wasted my entire life. What a horrible thing it would be to get to the end of our lives and to think back and realize I have put my life and invested my life and all my relationships into the wrong things. And that's what he's saying here. There's a contrast between human wisdom, which leads to nothing, or then there's the godly wisdom. And then that last part of the verse here in verse Um, Nine, he says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived. In other words, there's things that no one knows about you except for God. No human mind has conceived it. 
Nobody has spoken over you the thing that God created you for. He says this, conceive the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed by his spirit. So contrasting um, human natural wisdom with godly wisdom and godly wisdom includes a spiritual revelation from God. In other words, your purpose being revealed to you is similar to the example that I shared about my own life earlier. And we see this in the life of three people. We see it in the life of Paul. We see it in the life of Jesus and John the Baptist. And uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to do this. What am I on earth for? Um, Bible daily devotion to help us dig into it. We have podcasts that also help us dig into this as well. So this is just an appetizer for us. But John the Baptist, Paul, and Jesus are three people in the New Testament that says, the Bible says very clearly, finished their race. They understood their God-given purpose. They walked it out and they fulfilled it. I want to learn from people like that. Jesus on the cross says, it is finished. Uh, the Bible talks about Jesus and describes him as the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus finished. John the Baptist, he looked at Jesus and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who's come to save the world. I must decrease that he must increase. And later, Jesus referred to John the Baptist and called him the greatest of all prophets. So John the Baptist finished his race. The Apostle Paul also finished his race. And, uh, you know, in our um, analyzing these three people's lives through scripture, as we go through the month, we'll notice each one had a clarity of purpose that they discovered in God's word. They saw themselves in scripture. Jesus said it like this. All the law and the prophets referred to me. The law and the prophets is another way to say the Bible, the Old Testament. All of the Old Covenant scripture, Jesus said, is really talking about me, the Messiah, Jesus. He saw himself in scripture. Can you imagine 12-year-old Jesus opening up the scriptures in the synagogue and realizing, wait, when it talks about a lamb, a sacrificial lamb at Passover, that's me. Can you imagine what that did to him? So he began to understand his purpose. He saw himself in scripture, and then he walked that out. Uh, John the Baptist, someone asked him, who are you? He says, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. What was he doing? He wasn't just making that up. He was quoting Bible scripture. He saw himself in scripture. And he understood his purpose. He said, my purpose is to prepare the way for the one who's going to come after me to make the crooked ways straight, to make the valleys high, to make the mountains low, to prepare the way for the one who's to come. He understood his purpose by seeing himself in scripture. The apostle Paul, we'll see in a moment, uh, if we get the time to do it, I'm endeavoring to just, you know, share from my heart and and, and share the things that God wants us to share for this morning so we may not get to the fullness of it. But the Apostle Paul, the same thing. 
He says over and over again, it is written about his life. He says, I see myself in these scriptures. This, the grace of God on my life was to do this, this, and this. In each one of these people's lives, especially we see it in scripture with Jesus and we see it with Paul, the understanding who they are created a grace and empowerment by God's spirit to do what God called them to do. He will not give you power to do your own thing. If you want God's power, you have to do his thing. His grace is in place to run his race with your life, not your own made up race. So you can do things in your own strength, but as Paul said in the passage, our 10 verses, it's not in, I did not come with eloquency of words or in my own strength, but I came in the demonstration in the power of the spirit. And throughout scripture, Paul says that, um, that it's his grace, his grace that enabled me to do these things. So first of all, all three of them saw themselves in scripture and you can see yourself in scripture too. Now, I had that revelation by the Holy Spirit when I was in Liverpool, and I realized I had stepped into the, the, the beginnings of what God had called me to do, and that gave me joy, which empowered me in my life and what God called me to do. But years later, I was in um, Nigeria, and I was reading the Bible, and I read a passage in Scripture, that, and I've read that chapter and those verses for years, over and over and over again, but I read it and it was like it jumped off the page to me in a whole new way. And I was like, I see myself in that scripture. That's me. That scripture is what I'm called to do. I identify with the verses that God has just highlighted to my heart. That's me. That's what I'm supposed to do. And knowing what God's called me to do has been an anchor in my life, which means every decision I make. Having a clearly defined yes makes it easy to say no to other things. It makes it easy to say, it's hard to say no to people. And I love people. But so I can't be every place at the same time. And so sometimes I have to be away from people I love. But I do that because I know what I've said yes to. Because I've said yes to what he's called me to. It makes it easier for me to say no to the things that the demands that people put on me or would like me to do, or even I would like to do. So, uh, Pastor Matt had a ball myself. We did a uh, about a fifty minute Zoom um, message where we dig into Jesus and we looked at this in much more detail in his life, and uh, we talked a little bit about John the Baptist. But um, today. I'm talking a little bit more about Paul. So three men, uh, Jesus, John the Baptist, and Paul. So as we begin this new year, as I said, you are driven in your life by something. So what on earth are you here for? The way to analyze that is to look at how you, these four areas, and this is kind of something we've talked about before in different ways, but in these four areas, I want you to think about this. Looking back over 2022, honestly with yourself, write it down. It will help to write it down. How did you spend your time, your minutes? What are the three or four things that you invested the majority of your time into? Look at your money. 
Uh, a famous preacher named Billy Graham said, show me a man's bank account, his checkbook. Today it would be show me a man's app on his phone or, or something like that. But says, show, show me a man's checkbook and I'll show you what's important to him. In other words, what a person puts their money towards is what they value in life. It's what they're, what's important to them. Then listen to your mouth. What are you saying? What are you talking about in life? The thing that consumes your words is the thing that you is important to you. What are the three or four things that you spend the majority of time talking about? And then look at your mind. What do you think about? What do you spend sometimes keeps you up at night meditating or thinking about? What are you uh, dwelling on? What are the things that maybe you worry about? If you look at these four areas of your life and you're honest about it and you list the three or four things that you invest the most minutes, the most money, the most of your what you say and the most of what you think um, into, it will really tell you what you really are driven for in this life. Is it from a God-given purpose or is it a human purpose? And uh, I encourage you to take time before the Lord and analyze your life with that help. Okay, so as we finish up today, let's finish by talking about Paul here. So, as I said, uh, Paul finished his race. In fact, he says this, he says, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. That means he understood what he was created for. And he made it his preeminent purpose in life to finish and complete what he was created for. You can't do that unless you know what it is. So the starting point is learning what it is that you're here for. Um, I didn't really get into this before, but the other points that I wanted to make, and I've touched on it, those three points. First, they saw themselves in the word. Secondly, joy came as a result. Jesus, of him, it said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So joy enabled Jesus to finish his race. Paul said, I finished my course with joy. And we'll see that here. As he, he says in uh, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. And in Philippians, he says, I finished my race with joy. Um, and he said, said there as well. So, we see Paul understood his calling, but he didn't always understand his calling. Remember, Paul first came to light in our scriptures as a guy named Saul. And Saul was, he had his ladder against the wrong wall. He was doing every, he thought he was doing the right stuff, but he was, and he thought, really, he thought, and this is important, he really thought he was doing God a favor. He thought that he was doing the right thing religiously, but he was actually wrong until he had this encounter with God. And Acts chapter 9 speaks to that encounter. Remember, the, the Lord uh, uh, really interrupts Saul's journey while he had letters from the high priest to imprison Christians. <laughs> that's pretty much, that's a pretty like wrong wall, even though he thought he was doing the right thing. So the Lord said, why is it hard for you, or it is hard for you, to kick against the pricks, the goads? And that's, a, that's kind of like this idea of, 
of cattle. You see shepherds where they, they prick the back of the, the legs of sheep or goats to get them moving sometimes with a stick. And that's what the Lord was saying. Saying you're resisting like a, like a, 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 a goat or a cow that kicks against the, the, my, my leadings and the things I've been trying to whisper to you in your heart. And you just keep going against it. You put, you're pushing against it. You're resisting it. There may be people here today that are doing exactly that. You've had, you have your ladder that you're climbing this ladder of success. And God's been whispering to your spirit. And you don't even really maybe realize that. But uh, this still small voice on the inside or circumstances that God has placed in front of you is trying to help you. And you just keep resisting and keep resisting. The more you do that, the more time you waste. Just yield to him. Paul, and I pray in the name of Jesus right now for every person in here that is, is in that place who are just resisting like that. I want to do my own thing. I don't want to submit to the Lord. I want to live my own life. I want to live the way I want to live. I don't want to give things up that I know God wants me to give up. I pray for you that you would have an experience uh, not dissimilar to Paul. Saul, that God would do something to reveal himself to you, whether it was in the evening in prayer, whether it was through the Bible scriptures, or whether it was a, you know, a supernatural situation that somehow, some way, you would have an experience that would make it undeniable that, that you are going in your own path and God's trying to get you to go in his path. So Paul, after uh, many years, 17 years of preparation, some say 15 to 17 years, in, um, in this picture here is a picture that I grabbed off the internet that refers to Acts chapter 13. And it speaks of Paul and Barnabas when they were ministering to the Lord. We have something that we do on the fourth Friday of every month. It's, it, we do the same thing. We come together and worship and we express uh, just, just whatever the Lord says. He speaks. It's a real time of freedom and worship. We don't have as much time these mornings as what we'd like. So we just give ourselves over to uh, kind of remove the time limits and, um, and spend time ministering to the Lord and worshiping. And they were doing that in Acts 13. It says they were ministering to the Lord and fasted. It says the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I have called them. In other words, there's a work that I already had called them to, and now they're qualified for it. So you can have a purpose, but be not yet qualified for it. First of all, let's discover the purpose. Secondly, let's put ourselves in position to be qualified. And interestingly, it was when they were in the church at Antioch that they, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And every Christian's purpose has some connection to building his church in the world. And so if you try to discover your purpose separate from the church that God is wanting you to connect with, now that's between you and God. Connect where God wants you to connect. But when you find the church you're supposed to be in, get planted and rooted there, and it will be a part of the way God helps you discover what is your purpose. And that's what happened with Paul and Barnabas when they were sent on their first missionary journey. The calling had been there the whole time, but it was only then in Acts 13 they were separated into that calling. Now, Acts 14, verse 14 says, now the apostles, Paul and Barnabas. So up until that point, uh, Acts 13, it only calls them prophet and teacher. They were not apostles. It was after this, and in chapter 14, that for the first time in the Bible, it refers to them as apostles. 
So a part of the definition of their life purpose came because they came into relationship within a community of believers. And they spent time ministering to the Lord in that place of community. And God spoke to them through the people that were there, the leadership. And they prayed for them and they separated them into the fullness of their calling. And the same is true with us. In community, with the church that God calls us to, we will experience some of what he's called us to be and to do. I don't have time to go through this, but I shared a couple of scriptures of examples of Paul referring to his grace. This is Ephesians chapter three, verse seven. And I'll just read the first verse, seven, eight, eight, nine, and 10. Uh, verse seven, it says, I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Remember, our theme scripture says that it's by his power. His enabling. And in verse uh, 8, it says, although I am the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me. And then he talks about that grace and talks about three dynamics of that grace. One is to go to the unreached places. Another is to help uh, open up God's plan for reaching the world. And then thirdly, he talks about through the church and the importance of the church. Then Romans 15 is another example. Uh, this is just one of the verses. But if you look, he says over and over again, it is written. He talks about the grace on his life again. He says, it is written. It is written. It is written. And here in verse 20, the point I want you to see, and I do want us to see this as I finish today. Verse 20, it says, it has always been my ambition or my aim, one translation says, to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. So that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told by him will see. Those who have not heard will understand. He based his life purpose and his life priorities on who he saw himself in Scripture. So he knew what he was called to do and he prioritized his life. That would include those four things we talked about. His minutes, his money. His mouth, what he talked about, and also his thought life. And then here, we also see he prioritized his relationships. Because he says the reason, and this is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. He wasn't hindered by the devil or natural circumstances. He was hindered by the purpose of God. The purpose of God helped to define what he was to do in life. And every one of us can discover that same thing for our own lives. So my challenge to you as I turn the service over to Roy is this, how maybe you're in this place. I believe by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the Lord led me to emphasize just like Saul was going his own way with it up his own ladder. Maybe there's people here that are doing the same thing. Maybe we've been pushing against the leadership of the Lord, kicking back against his, his still small voice. And he wants you to yield today. And say, not my way, but your way, Father. Right. What an awesome message. Thank you, Pastor Matt, for that. So you might be sitting here today, you know, asking yourself the same question. What was I made for? I remember a long time ago when I wasn't even a believer, I remember sitting with a friend and saying to myself, 
I feel like I was made for more. And my friend told me, no, everybody says that. But something in my heart told me that I was made for more. And I remember sitting in a church audience just like this and hearing people talk about God's plan. That God has a plan for me from the beginning of time. Before time existed, there was a plan for Goy. There was a plan for all of you. I remember it so well. And guess what happened after that service? Nothing. Nothing happened. And another service happened. And the same thing happened in my heart. Like I was on fire. There's a plan for you. I'm like, this is it. And nothing happened. See, there was a missing link between all this. Before we can get into this plan and understand the plan for our life, we need to make a decision. It all starts with a decision. So maybe you're here today and you're like, Roy, I want to be part of this plan. But I don't know what to do. I don't really know Jesus. I've heard of him. I hear my parents talking about him. But I don't really personally know him. I don't have a relationship with him. Well, I'm going to give you a chance today to make that decision. But maybe someone else is here today also. That says, you know, I knew Jesus at a certain point in my life. But then I took a different direction. I climbed a different wall. Well, you're going to have a chance to come back to Jesus today. And so how amazing is it that God has a plan just for you? Richard, God has a plan just for you. It's a plan made tailored just for you. Can you imagine? Customized for your needs. So, how about we pray together? How about you repeat after me? And we pray this prayer. So, would you please stand up? Just repeat after me. God, I believe that you love me. I believe that you sent Jesus to die and take all my sins with him on the cross. I believe that you raised Jesus up from the dead for me so that I could be born again as a new creation into your family as your child and have a new life in you and a new relationship with you. Thanks to Jesus, I'm able to come home to you and your blessings and to live as part of your blessed family and enjoy an abundant, filled, an abundant life filled with joy, peace, and purpose in your perfect plan for my life, which you prepared before the beginning of time. So, so if, you, if you prayed this prayer, and this is your first time, welcome home. 